Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Calvary. Whether you are here in the room with us uh, today or you are watching from the chapel, our Minnetonka campus, or somewhere else in the world, we're just so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. Uh, My name is Caitlin Mapes, and I am the Next Gen Director here at Calvary, and I tell my students all the time that I believe that I have the best job in the entire world because I get paid to hang out with them and throw dodgeballs around and talk about Jesus. Uh, And unfortunately, um, I was not allowed to bring any dodgeballs up here with me today for your safety, Uh, but I do get to talk about Jesus today, which I am really excited about. Uh, And we are in the middle of a series this month called Bucket List, where we are looking at what God calls us to consider when it comes to how we live our lives while we are here on earth. And last week, we heard a great message from Pastor Zach, who reminded us that our time on earth is limited, and that should shape how we live our lives. And our bucket lists shouldn't just be filled with things that we want to accomplish, but as followers of Jesus, we are called to consider what it is that God is calling us to accomplish in order to bring him glory and to live lives that are truly fulfilling. And this week, uh, we are going to talk through an idea uh, that I think can either be difficult to think through or even cause some anxiety in people. And it is the idea of purpose. And not just finding our purpose in life, but thinking through what God calls us to regarding our purpose. And even from a young age, uh, we start thinking about the impact that we will make in the world. And I love this quote from a five-year-old boy named Leo who says, my main purpose is to be nice to people. That makes people like me more. And it makes everything easier for me because people love a nice guy. And although we may hear that quote from Leo and we might think that it's very sweet and that he's got it all figured out, it also points out that even from a young age, we start making connections about our purpose and its impact on the people around us. And purpose seems to be something that's ingrained in us and something that we strive to find. But what if we struggle to make those connections like Leo did? Or we struggle with finding our purpose altogether? And maybe for some of us, we are in a season of life where we feel like we're not making the same impact that we used to because of a recent change in our job or physical ability. And maybe we feel like everyone around us has found their place and their purpose in the world and we're still struggling to see where we fit in. Purpose is something that we talk a lot about uh, in Calvary Youth with our adult leaders and with our students because of the research uh, that surrounds this topic and how anxiety-inducing it is for people. And not only just for our young people, but for people of all ages. Uh, Fuller Youth Institute is an organization that does a ton of research about what young people are experiencing and the types of questions that they're asking so that the church can be more intentional in the topics that we're covering and how we relate to and point young people to Jesus. And the next-gen program here at Calvary pays attention to a lot of that data that they publish because, again, not only does it apply to kids and to students— but to adults as well. And according to a study they did a few years ago, they found that four out of 10 
Americans believe that they have not yet discovered their purpose. Four out of 10 Americans believe that they have not yet discovered their purpose or how they can make an impact on the world around them. Which means that 40% of us are wondering if we are living a life that is fulfilling and one that is making an impact on the people that we interact with and the world that we encounter. And when we are in that 40%, this impacts how we see ourselves. We might worry that we're uh, not making a difference. We might feel lost and we might question our worth. And ultimately, when we struggle with finding purpose, it causes tension and even anxiety in us because as people, we have this deep desire to make a difference, to find our purpose and to walk in it. And this is because God created us that way. At the very beginning of scripture, we see God creating the world, and there's this shift that happens when God creates people where he follows that creation with some very clear instruction. And in Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, it says this. It says, and then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And so before God chose to create humanity, he already has a purpose in mind for them. And when we look at the Hebrew word uh, used here for make or create, the word used in the original Hebrew is the word bara. And bara can have a few different meanings, but it doesn't simply mean to make something out of materials. And one meaning that scholars have found for bara is to create with intention or to create with a purpose to create with intention or to create with a purpose. And when we think about how God created us in this context, it changes things. That we weren't created on accident. That we aren't just this simple collection of materials, but we were created on purpose for a purpose. And see, this verse that we just read and the ones that follow make it clear that God doesn't just create humanity to simply exist, but he creates us with a purpose in mind. And I think that's an incredible act of love from God. And I think about how meaningless life would be if we weren't created for a purpose, that we just simply existed and I think life would be boring and it wouldn't make sense. But that verse says that we were created with a purpose to bear God's image and to care for the world and to participate in God's story. And other places in scripture echo this idea too. Ephesians 2.10 says this, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. 
And see, when we understand and when we accept that we were created with intention by a God who loves us, this should change how we live. And so when we think about purpose, instead of relying on what the world says about purpose or how we think that we can make a difference, we as followers of Jesus need to look to the God who created us in order to find it. And we can trust that the impact that we will make is one that is fulfilling not only to us, but to the people around us. And so we are going to look at a passage in scripture today that I think illustrates that really well. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, or you have the Bible app downloaded on your phones, you can go ahead and grab those and open up to Matthew chapter 25. And we are going to look at verses 23 to 29 today. And uh, the book of Matthew is full of very true accounts of the life and teachings of Jesus. And this is one of those moments where Jesus is teaching his disciples uh, through the use of a parable or a story that represents a larger story or a larger idea. And in Matthew 25, Jesus is explaining to the disciples uh, what the kingdom of God is like the, the ultimate goal of God's story for the world and how it's different from what we might expect or even in how the world currently works. And Jesus sets up this parable by introducing this character of a wealthy man who gives his servants bags of his own money before a trip that he's taking. And the passage says that the man explains to the servants that he trusts them to take good care of his money and to use it wisely. And so the master leaves on his trip and he returns and he gathers his servants together and asks them uh, to bring the money back out and explain the choices that they made to take care of it while he was gone. And the first two servants, uh, that they explain how they invested the money that they had been given and how the money has now doubled since he's been away. And after hearing that, the master says this in verse 23. Verse 23 says, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. And so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But then the tone of the parable shifts as the last servant explains how he used the money that he was given. And continuing in verse 24, it says this, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate, and I was afraid that I would lose your money. And so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew that I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. 
So like the rest of the parables uh, that Jesus told his followers, there's this deeper meaning behind the story that's being told here. And based on what we just read, we can understand that Jesus is calling his followers to look ahead. When the master left his servants, he gave them a very clear purpose and the question that they were left with and the question that we are also left with is this. When we finish our lives on earth, will we have walked in the purpose given to us by our creator? Or will we find ourselves struggling to come up with some sort of impact or real difference that we were a part of because we chose to do otherwise? And at the end of the parable, we are faced with two different responses to the purpose that the master gave his servants. And the first response was to respond to that opportunity by walking in that purpose. And we see that the servants who did are met with celebration because of the larger impact that they made. And looking at verse 29, Jesus says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But for the last servant who didn't walk in the purpose given to him, they are met with disappointment because no impact was made. See, I believe that when we think about purpose, it's hard not to think about it in terms of what we want our stories to look like. And I know so many people, friends and family who are struggling to find a sense of purpose because they aren't choosing to consider what God has to say about their story or about his story. And again, this this parable that Jesus is telling has to do with the kingdom of God or the ultimate goal or ending of God's story for the world where God would dwell with his people like he intended to since the very beginning of creation. And the servants in this parable who allow that story to shape their response, they are the ones who are celebrated because of the impact that they made for the kingdom of God. And in the same way, we are invited to consider our purpose within God's purpose for us and within God's story for the world. And I think a lot of things can sway how we view our purpose and how we live uh, that out in our daily lives. And maybe we are like the last servant and we're held back by our fear of not making a real difference. And we have this opportunity maybe to make a difference, but we're too afraid of what we could lose to move on it. Or maybe we felt uh, like we're content or we're successful in the purpose that we found on our own to even consider what God has to say about it. But what this parable teaches us is this, that when we look to God for our purpose, we make a greater impact. When we look to God for our purpose, we make a greater impact. When we look to God, the one who barah, the one who created us with intention to live out a purpose that he prepared for us because of his love for us, when we are motivated by that, the impact that we make is greater. 
And for all of us, uh, identifying and living that purpose out is going to look different. And God has gifted us differently on purpose so that his kingdom is colorful and beautiful and shows the richness and complexity of who God is. And so living out this purpose is not going to look the same for everyone. And as somebody who works in the church, I think uh, sometimes I have it easy when it comes to what I believe God has called me to do. And throughout the years, I've come to believe that part of my purpose includes helping young people find and follow Jesus. And I love that my purpose is so very closely tied to what I get to do every day. And again, we talk about purpose a lot in Calvary Youth, and it's a conversation I've had a lot uh, with graduating seniors or even with young adults in college because I'm passionate about helping students see how God has created them and what it looks like to use those giftings to glorify God and to make an impact. And I remember uh, a few years ago, uh, my youth group from a different church was taking a bus home from a trip, and I was sitting next to a student that I hadn't spent a lot of time with that year, and we started chatting, and we started talking about her college plans and what she was majoring in, and we bonded over going to the same college. And then the topic came up of what I was majoring in, or what I majored in, what I chose to major in when I was, when I was at Bethel. And if, you, uh, if you've heard me share this story before, it's a little complicated uh, because I started at the U doing pre-med and then transferred to Bethel, but it's the story that I love telling. And so I'm super pumped as that she asked, and so I just completely start dominating the conversation. And I'm telling her the story of how God called me to work in a church and how I felt like before I was obedient to that purpose, I was struggling and I felt super lost in life and I wasn't sure what difference I could make But as soon as I made the decision to become a youth pastor, it felt like my purpose was super clear. And most of the time, uh, when I tell this story at the end, people are smiling and we're both like, wow, God is so good. But at the end of me telling it this time, this student looked super upset. And I'm like waiting for her to respond, right? But she just kind of fakes a smile and turns away from me and stares out the bus window. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did I offend her? Like, what did I say wrong? Did I brush my teeth this morning? Like, what just happened? And eventually, after like 10 minutes of uncomfortable silence, she turns back around, and she asks me with tears in her eyes, Caitlin, can I still live for God and find my purpose while doing engineering at Bethel? Or do I need to change my major to ministry to make a difference? And I think about that conversation a lot because it was a huge youth pastor fail moment for me. And I realized very quickly in that moment that in my eagerness to share about my purpose in life, I had accidentally sent her into a purpose crisis because I had neglected to share one key truth with her, how God can use us exactly where we are to make a difference. And yes, sometimes God calls us to pivot 
uh, like in my experience, but we don't need to work in a church or work in a nonprofit to bring God glory or to make a deep impact in the world around us. We can walk in the purpose God has for us as we lead our families, as we change a diaper, as we lead a meeting at work, and as we teach or as we learn in our schools. But as the parable taught us, we also need to be aware of the bigger story that's being told. And I believe when we do this, we discover the purpose that God has for us. And I love this quote uh, from Alistair McIntyre, and he says, I cannot answer the question, what ought I to do, unless I first answer the question of which story Am I a part? I cannot answer the question, what ought I to do, unless I first answer the question of which story am I a part? And I believe asking this question is crucial in discovering or affirming what our purpose is. And when we understand that God created us with a purpose in mind as an act of love, And when we allow God to direct us in that purpose, that looks like finding our place in God's story for the world. The story that we see God writing since before creation and the story that we see in the parable of God ushering in his kingdom to be with his people and sending Jesus to make that happen. And when we understand how our story and our experiences and how our giftings and passions line up with God's hope for the world, it changes everything. Hebrews 12.2 encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith story. Fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith story. And so when we think about finding our purpose in life and the difference that we can make, we need to stay rooted in Jesus, the one who wrote and the one who perfected the bigger story for us through his death on the cross. And we need to understand that God created us to shine his love in all the ways that he intentionally created us. And so when we think about finding our purpose in life, we need to ask ourselves this question. What difference does my story make in God's story? What difference does my story make in God's story? And now, uh, now when I talk about purpose with young people, instead of just sharing how I found uh, my purpose and how God called me and accidentally traumatized them, uh, I ask them that question. What difference does your story make in God's story? And how does your story and your experiences and what you are passionate about, how does that line up with God's story and God's hope for the world. How he wants everyone to know Jesus and to know his love. And how could you live that out at school, in your friendships, in your family, in whatever career God calls you to? And those are the questions that God is calling us to think about too. As we discover or maybe rediscover our purpose in life. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you are part of that 40% that we talked about earlier. Where you feel like you aren't making a difference or you are still trying to figure out where God wants you to be. And maybe you're questioning whether you can make a difference at all. Or maybe there's tension surrounding your purpose because of expectations. Maybe uh, pressures from your family or what's expected out of you. Or maybe even what you expect out of you. And as we navigate a world that puts so much pressure on us finding and living in our purpose, God calls us to just rest in his story. To remind ourselves that God is the one that has already written his story. Written our story and written the story for the world and perfected it through Jesus. And so he calls us to rest in that truth and rest in his promises and rest in his love and to ask ourselves, what difference does my story make in God's story? When I was doing my undergrad degree at Bethel, we also talked a lot about purpose. And one of, the, or one of my professors shared this quote that really helped me understand what it looks like to find the answer to that question. And Frederick Buchner says this, the place God calls you to, or your purpose, is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And for me, uh, my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet when I walk with young people as they discover the God who loves them. And for that student on the bus, it's when she crafts and she perfects a system that helps create a medical device. And for my friends who are teachers, it's when they show up every day for their kids and remind them that they are smart and they are seen. And for my friend who's a stay-at-home mom, it's when she takes care of her family and points them to Jesus. And for all of us, we can find our purpose in places like those, where our stories line up with God's and where our joy collides with where the world needs Jesus. And it is there that God promises to make a difference through us. And so church, I want to encourage you this morning to think about that. How has God created you? And what brings you joy and what unique things do you notice about the world's need for Jesus? And how does that part of your story fit into God's story and God's desire for the world? And when we find the answer to those questions and we choose to walk in the true purpose that we find there, God promises that he will make an even greater impact through us. Let's pray. God, we thank you that because of your love, you are a God who created us with this purpose in mind. God, to participate in the story that you are writing and that you've already written for the world. And God, we just thank you for the joy that we can find there. 
God, when we walk in that purpose, when we are glorifying you, when we are using our gifts and our talents to help show others who you are and the love that you have for all of us, God, you promise to show up. And God, you promise to make a difference, a greater difference, a greater impact that we could ever do on our own. God, I pray for the people in this room, God, and the people watching online who feel like they are a part of that 40%, who are struggling, who are wondering what their purpose is and will they ever make a difference. And God, I just pray that this morning you would meet them. God, that you would remind them of the story that you have written for them. And God, that they may rest in that, rest in the love that they find there, but then be refueled and be charged up (laughs) to go out into the world and to make a difference through you. God, thank you for making us with a purpose in mind. Help us to live that out. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.